he took a pay cut to take this job. And so, and I told him, I said, if you take this pay cut, I will make the difference. I'll, I'm going to, I can do this. I can be successful in this, in this franchise and um, I can make up the difference, which talk about a lot of pressure on me as a wife and trying to do a business owner, right? Like we're going to give up this dream job that you have so that I can pursue my dream job. After about 10 years as a stay-at-home mom of four kids, Katie Smith was eager to get back to work. Before kids, she had worked as a corporate accountant. Then she had taken some time off to raise her children while her husband pursued his education and career. In 2016, Katie decided that it was her turn. Are you a woman who's considered investing in a franchise or running one yourself? Are you searching for honest information to help you make the best decision for your future? Have you ever worried about whether the information you're finding has your best interests in mind? We're here to help. Welcome to Franchise Rising. I'm your host, Aaron Carpenter. Let's get going. Welcome to the Franchise Rising podcast. This is the show where experts, franchisees, and franchisors share stories, strategies, and expert advice for women who want to own or invest in a franchise. The information on this show is not intended as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy a franchise and is for information purposes only. All right, welcome to another episode of the Franchise Rising podcast. I am so delighted today to introduce you to a franchisee we have Katie Smith. Katie Smith is the owner of a cookie cutters franchise. And um, interesting story. I think this was about last week, just after we launched the show. I receive a message via our Facebook business page from Katie saying, Hey, Aaron, I just caught the podcasting bug, discovered your show. Here I am. I'd love to, I'd love to be on the show. And you know, it's just, just amazing to see how this whole new world of audio and social media and digital communications works. And just like that, before you know it, here we are on a show. And I can't wait to hear Katie's story. I've done a little, uh, did a little, done a lot of little digging and I have a, some tidbits, but we get to bring it, bring it to you, to the listeners for the first time. So here we are, Katie Smith. Katie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Erin, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Katie, tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and then we can dig into your experience as a franchisee. Okay. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in accounting. I graduated from the University of Utah um, in 2003, so it's been several years. Um, I worked in corporate accounting for, um, I never did like the CPA route and um, the big five firms. I worked in a, actually, I worked for a manufacturing company for Northrop Grumman for, um, let me think, three or four years, um, just in their cost accounting uh, department and had a great experience there. Before that, I worked, I did lots of accounts table jobs and just accounting, you know, accounting clerk jobs for three or four years. So I had worked in the accounting field for about six or seven years. Um, I had my first daughter in 2006 and I've been a stay at home mom since then. I have four little girls and um, as much as I love them and I love being a stay at home mom, I've just always missed working. 
Um, even after my first daughter was born, it was about six weeks after she was born that I started getting the itch, like, what can I do? And I was searching for part-time jobs and trying to figure that out even then and never really could work it out. My husband actually, we've had to move to Florida for graduate school for him. And um, so I just put career and all that for me on the back burner and decided to support him and his career choices and his schooling and and have a family. So I have four daughters now. My oldest is 11 and my youngest is two. Um, my husband works full time. He's a nurse anesthetist. And um, this opportunity came about a couple of years ago. The idea just kind of started coming and um, and here we are. We've been open for a year now and things are going really well. We're really happy with the way um, our experience has been with cookie cutters and the way the business is going. Okay, can we just stop right there? Um, sure. Give Katie some props. <laughs> Super mom of the decade. Mom of four girls. I don't know about that. <laughs> Figuring out a way to get back into the working world, keep her career going, be a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> if, if our listeners or anyone like me were wondering, how on earth is she doing this? This is incredible. And at the same time, this story that you're telling me about these feelings that we have as, a mo- as moms with young kids, and especially when we've had some education, some professional education, professional experience, and even when we haven't, is at, and, and this struggle between how do we stay in it and stay current and, and, and do something, pr- progress professionally, or use our brains ourselves while still being there for our kids. This is a challenge that is, is so, so common. And, right. and it's just such a phenomenal, it's so phenomenal to hear you, you know, show how you've, have you done, you've done this, you've paved the way. Um, so, okay, let's, so now you are a franchisee of cookie cutters, right? And yeah. And what is cookie cutters? Cookie cutters is a children's hair salon. It is based out of Salt Lake city and Neil and Alexis Courtney are the franchise franchise oars. They themselves own one store in the South Jordan, Utah area, and there are now 63 um, operating cookie cutters around the country, and they've really um, trying to grow this franchise nationally, and they're doing a fantastic job of it. They're, they are really, uh, they're just really great franchisors, and so yeah, so we, um, I have one store now. We actually signed a contract to open three stores in the Boise, Idaho area. Uh, we are currently in the process of negotiating leases for our second store um, in Boise. <clears throat> Excuse me, our first store is in Meridian, which is a suburb of Boise. And so now we're looking to expand into Boise at this point. Wow. Congrats. That's really exciting. Thank so you. how um, how long have you been, have you opened your, how long has it been since you opened your first store? <clears throat> so we opened on February 27th, 2017. So we just had our year mark. Uh, wow. About a, a month ago, we had our year mark. Yeah. Congratulations. So, um, and it was about a year before that, that we first, um, that I sent my first email to the Cookie Cutters franchise, just inquiring about what does it okay. take to be a franchise owner and how does this work? This is, you said a year ago was when you inquired? It was a year uh, before that. Yeah. A, a year before that. Okay. So is that yes. when you moved back from Florida after your husband finished graduate school? I'm trying well, to tell so funny story. <laughs> I wanna, let's so, take me back. Yeah. Take me back to the point. Cause we, we know that you've been wanting to do something with work for a while. Take uh-huh, me back right. to the point where this, this, the real part of this journey started when you, when okay. you got serious about franchising. 
or buying a franchise? So we, um, we actually, okay. So we moved to Florida for my husband's school. That was in 2007 to 2010. We've moved around since then. We've lived in Pennsylvania and Utah. And then for the four years before we moved to Idaho, we were in Arkansas. Um, Arkansas was, uh, my husband had a dream job there. So this is my funny story. This is, um, I don't know if people, what they're going to think of this, but, um, he had a great job. He, 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 and honestly, it was a dream job for him. It was, he didn't have to work a lot of hours and he made really good money doing what he does. Um, we lived in a fantastic neighborhood. My kids were in a great school. We were in a good situation. My oldest daughter was, um, in the fifth grade, fourth grade, sorry, fourth grade. And we just started to think, um, is this really where we want to raise our family? Because we're getting to the point where she's going to be in middle school soon. And those are years and ages that if we don't have to, we really don't want to uproot our kids and move them. So is this where we want to settle down? Or, you know, we're from the Salt Lake area and always kind of had hoped to move back there eventually. So um, there was one day we just, um, so we were, so we're originally from Salt Lake and we had been cut customers of cookie cutters for several years and had always loved the concept and the store and the employees there and it just hit us one day in this small town in Arkansas that we lived in that there was no kids hair salon and we thought hey maybe we could open this here maybe we could find a way to open it um I had just had a baby my daughter my my baby was born in February <laughs> so she was which, only a month or two old <laughs> number four this is number four in okay. Arkansas. Mm-hmm. no big deal um yeah, right. Just had a, having a baby. I remember I was holding her when I first sent the email. So she was literally just a month or two, not even two months old. But um, so, yeah, that was the initial plan was maybe we could open this in Arkansas. And then as we were t- talking to Neil Courtney about it, we um, he mentioned that there was he would really like someone to open a store in Boise. That that was a market that he thought was would really thrive and do well, and he needed someone here. And it just occurred to me at that moment, I thought, maybe this is it. Maybe this is our chance to move out west, be a little bit closer to family, um, an opportunity for me to do that dream that I've always had of owning a business, running a business, and, um, and you know, see if we can get a job. And there, we looked online that night, and there happened to be a job that my husband could apply for. And he applied, and within a week, he had an interview um, in Boise, and like, it just all snowballed and Neil and Alexis were so um, encouraging and just said, Hey, if you guys want to do this, you can do this. And um, next thing we know, our house is up for sale and he's got a job in Idaho and we're moving to start a new job to open a franchise to move our four kids halfway across the country <laughs> from what they knew as home. Cause Arkansas, we've been there for four years and um, yeah. So we just, we just went with that. It was kind of a crazy situation for our family. So the first email I sent to them was in February of 2016. And then it was come uh, May or something was when my husband applied for the job. And by June, I think he had his interview in June in Boise. And then we moved out in September. So just, um, yeah, kind of was a whirlwind. Moved out in September and then opened the store February of 2017. That's, am I getting my dates right? 2016, 17. So yeah, <clears throat> so that's kind like of how it all came together. <laughs> it sounds like the stars were really aligned regarding those plans. Yeah, it was, was it was interesting that he was able to find a job and apply and um, that they interviewed and they just really needed somebody, you know, that worked out well for him. Now, the other interesting part of that is he, um, he took a pay cut 
to take this job. And so, and I told him, I said, if you take this pay cut, I will make the difference. I'll, I'm going to, I can do this. I can be successful in this, in this franchise and um, I can make up the difference, which talk about a lot of pressure on me as a wife and trying to do a business owner, right? Like we're going to give up this dream job that you have so that I can pursue my dream job, which what was his uh, response? very commendable of my husband. You know, he's always been supportive of me and my crazy ideas. I've always, um, I'm always the one that's pushing us for the next thing. Like, you know, let's, where can we move? We moved to Pennsylvania after his school, just because I'd always wanted to live in the Northeast. We didn't know anybody up there, but, um, you know, and he was okay with that. He's like, great, let's, let's do it. So he's always, I kind of have to pull him along a little bit. He's a, he has a little less sense of adventure. He likes to cure and, um, and just comfort. And I'm the one that's always pushing us out of our comfort zone, but um, he goes with me and he did it. So um, I'm not going to say it's always been easy and we haven't, haven't ever second guessed what we did, but at this point uh, I think we're going to be okay. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. My husband always jokes that I'm the motor and he's the brakes. So, you know, it's it's always good to have a little healthy balance. True. Right. A little little push. Definitely. Is always good. So what kind of questions did what kind of questions did you have when you first sent that email? I mean, you were customers of cookie cutters, so you knew it from a customer's perspective. You wanted, uh-huh. what, what questions did you have? Because there's a big difference between being a customer and starting a business, especially when it means uprooting your whole family and moving across the country to right. open one. Right. So I think our biggest question was like finances is this something that even we could afford you know I I often think of people that are franchise owners as really rich older people you know that either cashed down their 401k or came across some kind of some investment that's paid off for them and they put their money into a business so um, my husband um, we were we'd been able to save a little bit of money but nothing nothing like um, what I had thought but because of his income level and because of the money that we had saved, they looked at that and they said, you guys are a perfect candidate for this. They like that. They like customers to open stores. They like people that are already fans of the store, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, where I'm already going to sell it because I, I myself, it was sold to me and I, and I enjoy the concept. Um, and just, I think they liked the idea that, um, they liked the idea of, you know, my husband had a full-time job and I, as the wife or the mother could run it, you know? Um, so yeah, I asked them about finances, you know, could I afford this? I asked them, can I do this? Like I've got four kids and really my ultimate responsibility is a mom and I need to take care of my kids. I'm not looking to work outside of the home 40 hours a week. You know, is this something I can do from the most part at my home or late at night or whatever? And they were really positive about that and said, yes, you know, a lot of our franchise owners either have full-time jobs already and they do this part-time or they are stay-at-home moms as well, who, who are able to run it. So those were probably my two big questions. Okay. So let's, and I want to dive deeper into both of those questions. Let's start with the financing and let's talk about how you do it as a stay at home mom. So first, so financing, they figured out that you could, you were perfect candidates for, for various reasons. When you did this, it's one thing to know that you can access the financing or you have it, whether you're getting a loan or you have it saved up. It's another thing to look at a business and say, and this is the this is the piece that no franchise is likes to talk about, nor can they talk about, is that whole profitability and making the business work. Okay, right. So right. they can't make any earning promises for for valid reasons. So what did right. you do 
to figure this out on your own. Okay, let's let's be honest. I got to do my homework. I have to put the. Did you put spreadsheets together and and make yeah. some estimates and say, okay, yeah. well, I think, but by year two, if all these things fall into place, we'll be making this much. Right. Money, if you follow me, right. what would your 100%. process? Spreadsheets. Yeah. Oh, well, you're, you're over, an you know. person. You're you yeah. Know, that's that's my language. My thing. <laughs> so we lots of haircut numbers and prices and, and estimating how much I'm gonna have to pay employees and my rent and you know and they um, they did as best that they could of estimating those costs for me but obviously the rent in Idaho is gonna be different than the rent for a store in California or New York City or even Utah you know so <clears throat> at they, that point you know when I was talking to them they they sent me you know some other franchisees. Um, their estimates and some of their spreadsheets and how they um, calculated things. And so I went off of that and based off, you know, if I need to do this many haircuts per day to be able to pay a rent. If my rent is $2,000 or if my rent's $3,000, you know, I tried to guess that or if I, am I, how much am I going to be able to pay people? You know, am I going to be able to pay um, a hairstylist nine bucks an hour or am I going to have to pay 12, 13, 14 bucks an hour? You know, so I had so many different scenarios because like I said, it was really an unknown um, until I actually just got here and just and just did it, you know, and, and obviously we hadn't negotiated a lease yet. So I didn't know what my rent was going to be. Um, I didn't know, you know, utilities, you can guess those pretty, um, you know, those, those aren't too bad. But, you know, the, my basic expenses are rent and and um, my employee expense. Right? right. Other than that, as far as a hair salon goes, I mean, it's a service business that we offer. So. I have a little bit of product sales and stuff, but um, yeah, that's, that's how I did it. They, they're very good about giving out phone numbers and email addresses to other franchisees. So I was able to call two or three other ones across the country and just say, how did you guys do this? You know, can I do this? You know, what do you think? And, and the, I remember one, she's a young mom, probably younger than me even. She and her husband own it together. They're both hairstylists and they do it. And she was very positive and said, of course you can do this. You know, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And then another one was an, an older mother. You know, I don't know, not older, but older than me. And, um, you know, she'd been doing it for 10 years or so and had a, has a successful store back East. And it was just good to hear their stories and how they did it. And, and, um, you know, some of their advice that they, that they offered. So you must have at least had some conservative numbers as far as what rent would cost mm -hmm. to plug yeah. into your yeah plug in your spreadsheet. And what did you estimate that it would take in terms of so what they call ramp up in the franchise world, right? How long uh -huh. do you estimate? Just would you mind sharing a range of when you expect to really be rolling the way you'd like to be rolling? Start making money. <laughs> um, usually by year two, they say is when okay. you can really start to expect money. We've actually been fortunate and we're already in the black at this point you know at a, and even before we hit the year mark uh, yeah things have been going well so I think we're a little ahead of the game as far as that and um, kind of exceeded our expectations a little bit and even the franchise's expect expectations for our store and again nobody knows you never know what you know you can you can guess what a market's going to be um, I knew so the Boise area doesn't have any um, competitors. There's no other children's hair salons here. And after I found that out, when I knew Neil was looking here and then I did my research and realized there was no competition here, I just, that's what I thought. I, if I don't do this, somebody else is going to jump on this. Right. And I really, it's, it's a growing city. We were just named like the number one fastest growing city in America by somebody somewhere in the last <laughs> month or two. And it really is. This place is booming. People are coming from all over the place. And, and so I just knew I, Felt that was an opportunity to jump mm -hmm. on be, just for that aspect alone that it's growing so fast and that there was no competition. That's great. So, how accurate were your projections? 
not accurate at all. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be honest. I, yeah, it just, you just don't know. You have no idea how many haircuts you're going to do on that first day. Mm-hmm. And we did really great our first month. And then we didn't do great for months two through five. Like we really struggled those months trying to build a clientele. Um, you know, so I, yeah, they were off. You know, do the best you can, but they were off. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be perfect. It's good to have that starting point. So have you been able to tap into these other franchisees as you go along for advice? So, for example, during those down months, have you been able to touch base and say, hey, what do you do when this happens? 100%. So we have a Facebook group, a private Facebook group for all the franchisee owners. And and there's discussions on that daily, people asking advice, um, asking ideas on stuff. And I love that. It's such a great support. I know owning a franchise, you know, we pay our royalties every month and that's kind of a turnoff. I think for some people having to pay that, um, for me, there's no way I could have done this on my own, having no experience in the salon industry, having no experience running my own business. Um, this franchise has been the support that they offer is it just can't be beat between, you know, the, the franchisors and Alexis are just a phone call away all the time. And then mm-hmm. I have this French, this group on Facebook where I can talk to any, franchise other franchise owner at any point send them messages phone calls and we do we go back and forth all the time it's been awesome i've loved it yeah so a couple things first this is this is that that old adage that they say with uh, franchising and carmen chavez de hesse one of our guests and resident experts always says you know when you're in franchising you're in business for yourself but not by yourself so true so true yes i so true and then also you when you look at that added expense of franchise fee and royalties and and whatnot it's easy to just see it as an extra expense what what I encourage everyone to do is to really look at the value of that expense of not having to start this whole thing from your scratch from scratch mm-hmm. and and there's so much power in having that support system and being able to turn people in in, in the long yeah. run really move along you know a lot more seamlessly than Right, we're figuring out right. every single step, like which scissors to use and what decorations and oh, colors. Right. <laughs> well, even software alone, like I'm not a computer oh, yeah. guru, you know, so I, the, the support I get from them just on the software, which is fantastic. I've always got someone I can call on that, you know, designing the store, the layout, the furniture, the equipment. Right. I don't have any idea. And I really wasn't interested in that. I don't want to, that's not, that's not I my thing. I never wanted to design a store layout, you know, so that was all done for me. I just had to just run it, you know, just tell everybody where to go, what to do, try to hire and go from there. You know, and that I appreciated. Oh, that's, that's really, really encouraging. Thank you so much for, for sharing those stories. Yeah. Okay. So let's get to that second piece that I promised to follow up with. And I know our listeners are asking about how, how do you do it as a stay at home mom? (laughs) Um, you know, I wonder that myself a lot. And if you looked at my house right now and the piles of laundry that are out in my front room, uh, you'd probably laugh. We just got back from vacation. And as every mom knows, you get back and the laundry just explodes in your in your house. There's a um, reason why I'm not a- doing, doing this video in the rest <laughs> of my house right now. It's so true. It's, um, that is, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's hard. Like I said, I went from zero, not working at all for 11 years to... I mean, it was overtime for the first six months. I mean, um, and, you know, there's that true definition of mom guilt that you feel. I think that's a real thing, you know, being torn, like my kids need me, my business needs me, um, it's bedtime. 
that an employee is texting me right now because they're sick or their kid's sick and they can't go to work tomorrow and I need to figure that out. Um, the first, our first Saturday that we were open was my daughter had a basketball game and I really wanted to go to her basketball game. I never missed my kids games ever. And so I left the salon and I went to her game and all hell broke loose at the salon and I had to run back because I, you know, we'd only been open like five days and we had so many customers, um, you know, and that was a point that was really sad for me. I was like, no, this wasn't what I wanted. I don't want to have to miss any of my kids stuff. But, um, you know, for the first six months or a year, that's part of the, that's part of the gig. You just, um, your business as much as you love it. And I, and I love doing this and it's a great experience for me. Um, it owns me right now, you know, and there's, I'm the, I'm it. Like I'm the only one that can solve the problems. Um, personally, I didn't hire a manager for my first year because I wanted to be all hands on. I wanted to be and know every aspect of that salon. Mm -hmm. So I have been it. I've been there. I've been available. Um, now I'm in the point, I'm in the process of trying to hire a manager so I can turn over the day-to-day -day operations to somebody else to be there so I can really spend more time at home. And, and honestly, so like I said, the first six months, yeah, I was in the salon 20, 30 hours a week. Now I'm there less than 10, but I am on my computer and my phone a lot trying to do all the marketing. I do, I run the Facebook page, the Instagram page, always trying to come up with new posts and, um, exciting new ways to grab people's attention, you know, and try to market to them. I'm delivering coupons to daycares and preschools. Um, I did that a lot more in the beginning. I'm not doing that as much now. You know, the, the beauty of it is I can do it on my own time. I can plan things around my daughter's nap schedule and when kids are at school for the most part, but I'm also like, I'm always on call, right? Like I, yeah. I'm never a hundred percent off the job, you know, and that's been a new thing. So 10 o'clock at night when my husband's relaxing or watching TV, um, I'm on the computer, you know, and I'm trying to run numbers for the day or figure out a new Facebook post for tomorrow or planning this, making sure I have all the employees showing up to work that are supposed to work. And let me tell you, that's probably the hardest part of this job that I didn't know ahead of time was managing people. Um, I had never actually been a manager before. And so having employees and staff <clears throat> who are all um, other, except I only have one stylist that isn't a mom herself. So they're all dealing with sick kids or, um, you know, a daughter has a recital at school or a performance at school. I need time off here or I need time off because I got to go to the doctor. Or, you know, that's something new. And me not being a hairstylist, um, I can't fill in. I can't cut hair. So that's been a struggle and something I didn't really anticipate ahead of time. That's been the hardest part of it. But, um, you know, I've learned also the first six months, man, I was a stress case on, in those situations. And now I'm more like, we'll just roll with it. We can go, if we're down a person, we're down a person and we'll, and we'll roll with it. Yeah. There's so, so much you can't predict. And, and I think like you said, once you get to a point where you have a, you have a manager to handle those day-to-day -day operations, yes, you know what you're doing now <laughs> and you'll be, be able better. to, you'll have some relief then. And maybe you'll get to a point where you can have some social media manager take over yeah. some of the Wouldn't scheduling nice? posts. Yeah. 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 But you know what? For sure. Out of all the franchisees that we've, we've spoken to so far and, and on, on the show and off the show, they all say the same thing. You know, the first six months, year, you're all in. I mean, you got to really roll up your sleeves. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work in any business. Mm-hmm. For sure. I've never had a hard time sleeping in my life. I've always been a really good sleeper until this last year. And if I'm ever... I mean, I have a two-year-old that doesn't sleep great. So a lot of times I'm woken up in the middle of the night and now I have a hard time going back to sleep. My mind, as soon as I'm awake, is to the business. And 
what's going on. And man, it just never stops. And it's just something very new to me to have that constant, um, just on the brain, you know, my husband can come home from work and he's done for the day, but I never can, I, I can't turn it off. I need to figure out, I need to be better at being able to turn it off, but you know, and say from six until eight o'clock at night, like I don't do any work. I need to do better. I need to discipline myself a little bit better on that and spend that with my kids. Uh, and I'm trying, but that's hard. It's, hard. it's easier said than done. That's for sure. You know, I, I can relate on so many levels. I don't, I don't own a franchise, but I am a business owner and mm-hmm. I think part of it is, I mean, part of it is just the way our lives work and the way digital is integrated. So not just digital, but I mean, digital is a piece of it, having our phone and our device yeah. active. Yeah. You're a brand new business owner. Uh, well, not brand new, but you know what I mean? And yeah. and maybe part of it, there's a, an aspect for us as women is, <clears throat> I, I don't know if there's science behind this or not. I've heard there might be, that men are, might be better at the compartmentalization of it. Uh-huh. But also, you know, if you listen to, um, oh, what's, her, what's her name? Uh, oh, gosh, the Huffington Post founder. I'm, Ariana. Ariana Huffington. Ariana yeah. Huffington. I recently, mm-hmm. I, we actually referenced this in another episode. She doesn't, you know, she says she doesn't really believe in work, work-life balance. She talks about it as work-life integration. So, yeah. Know, just right. Kind of awesome I remember you said that. I listened to that podcast and it was so true. I was like, amen, you know? Yeah, it's it makes really, you feel Figuring, yeah, figuring yeah. out how to make it go together because, yeah, it, it is balance. I don't know is the right word. It's not right. in balance right, right. now. Just in, figuring in, it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I, I've had to do that and be okay with it and find little uh-huh. tips and tricks along the way to right to, to block it out. Uh, right. Yeah, it's it's a challenge either way. So what what would you? I was going to say okay. So here we are. You're a year in to your cookie cutters franchise, mm-hmm. and what are your goals? Like what's, you know, they, they always talk about your exit strategy. Mm-hmm. What are your, what, where would you like to be in five, 10 years with this? Well, oh, you, you said you're opening a couple more, right? You just signed something? Yeah. Right. Okay. So we are looking to open our second store here, hopefully within the next year or less. And then, um, and then possibly a third store after that. So that's, um, that's the plan for the next five years. Yeah. I've wondered, you know, to myself, I mean, I do love it. Um, and it's fun, but I've wondered to myself, is this something I'm going to do for the next 20 years or will there just be a five, 10 years and then, and then sell? I don't know. I don't really have like an exit strategy at this point. I think we're still in the entering phase, right? Yeah. Just trying to still get it started and going, uh, you know, obviously for us, it was a lot of an investment opportunity trying to um, build up you know, some kind of retirement and have just th- those funds there. I, like I said, I have four daughters and we always tell the girls, like when they grow up, Hey, you guys will give at least the older three we've told you guys can each have your own store when you get older and you can run it and be the owner, you know? So if that was something that they really expressed interest in, sure. I'd love to hand that down to them. You know, they love to go to the store right now with me, which they do a lot. Um, and they, they know how to sweep up hair as well as anybody. And they know, my oldest daughter knows how to get onto the computer system and I've even shown her how to make a few appointments here and there. She's always wants to answer the phone and I'm like, oh, I'm not ready for that yet. But, um, you know, I think for me having all daughters, I really want to show them that this can be done. Like you're a, you're a woman and being a mom is wonderful. If that's what you want to do, that's wonderful. And, yeah. and, and if you want to work, that's great too. And I want to show you that you can do this. You can, you can have that dream of owning a business. You can be in charge. There's, this isn't a man's world. Like, 
you as a woman have every opportunity and every right to do this. And I want to be that example to them. And um, I'm hoping that I'm doing that. I hope I'm not scaring them away from it with some of the stress that they see me going through and, and some of the difficult parts of it. I I hope that I'm giving them um, some insight though, to that it can be done and, and that it's a great thing. Katie, you're, you're inspiring me just hearing this because <laughs> it's, it's a good reminder for us. So even as we have our self-doubt about the time we're taking away from our children's or when we, children, mm-hmm. <laughs> when we find ourselves looking at our phone, mm-hmm. we should be in the moment at the same uh-huh. time, look at, and I don't know if you expected this when you first had the idea of buying a franchise, but look at the opportunities and the, and the examples that you're showing them. Not only that, hey, mom can do this and kick butt too. You're also teaching them lessons. They have an opportunity to learn some work skills. They have it now and then later. They have an opportunity to potentially take over a salon. In episode in episode four with Carmen Chavez de Hesse, we talk about the why, some of the some of the key whys many women buy or own, invest in franchises. One of them Mm -hmm. was legacy. What can they leave for their children? You know? And um, and look what look what you're doing right here yeah yeah I mean that that is huge for me just to just to be a mom of all daughters and to give them that opportunity that knowledge that it can be done you know not everybody has to go to college and get a four-year degree or a master's degree that's not for everybody and that's okay and and if my girls want to go to college I'm going to support that for sure if they want to go to hair school and take over salon sure let's do that you know I, here's an opportunity for you to do that and if they want to go to hair school and then work while they go to college after that, you know, maybe that's an opportunity for them to do that too. give them some options, you know, to um, just to do whatever that is they want to do. You know, they, I, that's what I want them to know that whatever you want to do, you can do it. And hopefully I'm an example of that to them. So we're well, trying. <laughs> they do say as parents that our kids learn the best from us, you know, by the examples that we lead and we show, not just by saying mm-hmm. it and, and you're doing exactly that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> oh, I love this. What, yeah, what a, what a great story. What is, is there anything that you would do differently knowing what you know now? You know, if you were at that point of, of sending an email, uh-huh. the initial email with interest. Um, interesting. What would I do differently? I think our whole, my whole experience of the move and opening the business all, I mean, that was a lot. That was hard. My, you know, my girls having to go to new schools in that first year, that was hard. They, they didn't adjust as well as I hoped and thought. Um, so school was hard for my kids that first year. The new job for my husband was hard. He didn't really love the new job initially. Um, probably more so because he left a job that he did love. So trying to balance all of that and start a business, that was, that was really hard. I think if I had to do it again, maybe, I probably wouldn't recommend that. I'd say do it, you know, figure out where you're going to live and then do your business from there. Get your family and life settled. Cause you, actually it's funny. So we moved into a rental home when we first moved to this area because our house in Arkansas hadn't sold yet. And um, it kept, took a few months to sell. And so then, and the market here in Boise was really hot and we had found a neighborhood we loved and wanted to move to. And we found a house that was being built and it was almost done. And the timing of our house selling in Arkansas and this house here, in Idaho being done was right about this, the same. And there were starting to be offers and people interested. So we put an offer on the home. We actually closed and moved into our house one week before the store opened. <laughs> so 
yeah, totally crazy. I wouldn't recommend that either. That was insane. So my parents came up from Utah and helped us move, um, move from, and it was, we were in the same neighborhood, but just had to move from one house to another and then, and then open the store five days later, you know, so there was a lot going on at that time. So I would say definitely make sure you've got all those other aspects of your life in order. I mean, and I'm an example, it can be done. So that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. But it, it was hard. It was the hard route, the hard way to do it. <laughs> yeah. So try to stagger things a little bit, get more established Yeah. But, uh, if you can, but also expect the unexpected and nothing's going to be perfect. And like For you said, sure. just roll, roll the, with it. Right. And the store was delayed opening a couple of weeks. You know, the internet company was hard to work with. There was a few hiccups along the way that I wasn't planning on. So we opened a few weeks later than initially planned. But in the end, that was probably better. We were able to move and then open the store. So um, yeah, those would probably be the number one thing I would do differently is have my the rest of my life settled before I try to open a business. But oh, well, you just go with what you got, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, this, this is really, really helpful. Uh, Katie, are there any, uh, okay, actually, let me round it up. There are some, there are a few questions that I like to ask all of my guests. Okay. And I'm going to turn it over to you. So the the first question is, what is the best business advice you'd ever, you've ever received? So um, I actually, I have a grandpa who um, has He's 93 years old now, still alive. And I asked him that exact question a couple of years ago at a family reunion because he's a successful businessman. And he said, don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't do it, you know? And I think that's kind of stuck with me, you know, because a lot of times as women, even if nobody else is telling us we can't do it, I think sometimes we tell ourselves, like, I can't do that. That's too hard. Or that's... Be realistic. Um, yeah, like, that's too hard, right? Yeah. So don't let anyone and don't tell yourself that that you can't follow a dream or you can't do it. Um, and there were plenty of times in our process that I was like, I can't do this. This is too hard. What have I got myself into? Um, you know, no, nobody else. And that, well, actually, then there were a few people that looked at me like, what are you doing? You're, what are you doing to your family and your situation? You have a maid in Arkansas. You have a great life there. And I did have a great life there. I call it that we gave up the easy life because my husband didn't have to work a lot. I wasn't working. I, I was really into the gym and, you know, and I was a PPA treasurer. I was able to do that life, but this part was always kind of missing. And, and we gave up the easy life for a little bit more complex life, but that's okay. It's it's going to pay off and it is starting to pay off and we're, we've adjusted. But don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it. Just because something's hard doesn't mean it can't be done. Awesome. Thank you for that reminder. That's <laughs> great, great advice. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that in mind. All right. What would you recommend another woman considering a fr- buying a franchise do? So number one, just do your research and know that um, it's probably going to take more time than you even think initially. And it's taken the time involved has been more than I, than I planned up front, you know, and know that it's, um, it's going to be on your brain all the time and make sure that you can. So it's like budgeting, you know, your money, right? You got to budget your time for your family and your business, but um, plan more for the business up front than you think you're going to, gonna need because it's gonna take that and and then know your limits know where you need to when you need to take a day off or know when you need to ask for help or when you can say no to things I used to say yes to do everything to everything I was very involved in church stuff and PTA and neighborhood and and lunch dates with my friends and I kind of had to put all that stuff on the back burner 
for now. The business is upfront as long as, as well as raising my kids. Those are my two main priorities right now. So I haven't spent as much time in this classroom as I have in the past with my kids, which makes me sad, but I know they're in good hands and I know that there's other moms that can do that right now. And so I've just had to be okay with that. Or, you know, as far as uh, serving in church opportunities, I, I just do what I can, but not more. You know, I'm okay to say no now that I can't do that. I can't do too much extra right now and, and be okay with that. It's okay to say no. Clear boundaries. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Love it. All right, last question. What other female franchisees do you know who are rocking it? Um, you know, there are several cookie cutters franchisees um, that are that are rocking it. And one in particular, her name is Lisa in uh, the Austin, Texas area, and she's they're on their way to open their fourth store right now. And she only opened her first one a year or a month before I did. So she's Lisa? way ahead of the game. Yes, Lisa, she's killing it. She and her husband do it together. And she is my, probably my number one go-to person when I have a problem or a question or I need someone to talk me off the ledge. She's the one I talk to and, and she's an outstanding resource for me and she's doing a great job with cookie cutters there in Texas. Awesome. Awesome. I'd yeah. love to, I'm going to have to connect with Lisa. Love to yeah, hear she's more. Great. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Katie, now it's your turn. What are some of the, can we just we're going we're gonna to give you guys a little plug at Cookie Cutters the, at, at your okay. location. Um, do you have any event, any specials or, or anything, any promotions going on, anything that you can share with our listeners? Well, so um, I have a Facebook page you can check out. It's at Cookie Cutters Meridian, and that's where um, you can see pictures of clients and before and afters, see all the specials that we run. Um, we offer random discounts um, during the week. We'll, we'll post specials. We always offer military discounts, military police fire, get $2 off all the time. We run a family special on Mondays. So every Monday, the first child, their haircut is regular price and all siblings after that are $10. So it's a killer deal. Wow. Um, I mean, if, especially if you have a lot of kids, you know, that $10 on all the extra siblings um, makes it a really great deal. Um, we also offer a prepaid package where you can buy five haircuts up front for $60. That's a, oh, I don't know the math off the top of my head. $16.95 is our regular, yeah, $12 a cut versus $16.95 is our regular price. So, um, I mean, it's a great, it's a great deal. So yeah, if you want to find a deal, there are definitely ways to find a deal. And we have coupons in the local parents guide that um, offer a buy one, get one half off haircut. So you just have to do a little bit of research to to get those deals but um yeah come see us we're i've got amazing stylists who love kids who love working with kids who do great job on haircuts and um, it's just a fun place to be it's, it's busy it's, it can be a little crazy sometimes with everybody in there but it's fun and we really enjoy it i love it uh how is that the best way to for our listeners to connect with you personally is through your facebook page or are there other yes it is okay yes definitely go to my facebook page and then you can send me a message there i'm really um, I'm on my phone a lot responding to messages <laughs> that I get on Facebook. So, so I do get those messages and I try really hard to respond within at least within a day, if not sooner. Okay, great. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. I know how valuable it is, uh, you know, especially now. So just to, you know, to have even this chunk to, to do the interview is fantastic. And we will put all the information from this show or much of it in the show notes so that everyone can, can see it and, uh, you know, hopefully connect with you and hear your story. And thank you for inspiring me and our listeners. 
Sure. Thank you, Erin, for having me. And congratulations on your podcast. I've really enjoyed listening to all your other interviews. Yay. It's fantastic. And Yay. I love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you to Katie Smith. What a fantastic story. Really appreciate her sharing it with you all. Hope you loved it. If you did, you can find information in the show notes. You can go to franchiserising.com slash nine. Find them there. Next week, we're interviewing Dan Durney from FranMaster. Dan's roles in outsourced franchise development, and he's going to run us through a typical sales process. So if you're considering buying a franchise, he's going to help you understand what the classic steps are involved before and during the process of buying a franchise. So stay tuned for another great episode. I know that time is one of the precious things you don't get back. And I really appreciate you taking your time to listen to the Franchise Rising podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you're listening to the show. If you'd like to hear more, hit subscribe. Or if you don't know how to subscribe, just go to franchiserising.com slash subscribe and we'll guide you to the right place there. Until next time, have a great week.